Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. In last week's sermon, we explored the idea of knowing when it's time. Time to make a change, time for a new beginning. When it's time to move in a new direction, we explored through Mark chapter 1 some of Jesus's first words saying the time is fulfilled. It's time to begin his ministry. I've been thinking a lot lately about a time when something was brand new in my life. When I first started here at Prince of Peace, I want you to reflect for a moment on a time in your life when something was new. It was a new chapter or you turned a new leaf. It's often been said that how we begin and how we end things really matter. We remember those moments. They stick out to us in a profound way. As I took a walk down memory lane, I was thinking of my first week on the job here at Prince of Peace, the summer of 2000. 13. It was Vacation Bible School Week. What an amazing way to begin this shared ministry together. The, the, the building was filled with our youth and volunteers of all ages. There was the sound of laughter filling the hallways as children moved with their chaperones and their guides from crafts to music time to story time and out to games. What a great way to begin this ministry. I was so eager to meet people to get to know the community. But what I remember most about that beginning was actually something that happened that that I'm not too proud of, but yet there's a story there. I was out at games outside of the PLC and it was water day. Water day is often one of our youth's favorite moments of the week at Vacation Bible School. We have water games. It's a great opportunity, though, to talk about baptism and the significance of water in our life. And yet, we also know that water day is fun because we get to splash around and and get our friends wet. So there I was out at the PLC, and we had big kiddie pools filled with water balloons and buckets filled with water. and, And group after group, the children would come out and they would play the games and they would laugh and they would splash. And it was just a wonderful moment. Some of the older kids came out. It was their turn through the rotation. And now the older kids are a little bit more rambunctious. And so their water balloon fight really turned into chaos. Water balloons being tossed, water being splashed. And so I wanted to get a part of the action. And so I grabbed a water balloon and I, I kind of went away maybe 25 yards or so. Looked over at the big group of kids and I leaned back and I remember launching that water balloon way up into the air and I looked with anticipation at, at, at how the water would splash and I did not intend for that water balloon to land right on the shoulder of one of our dear adult volunteers. I guess I'd thrown the water balloon a little bit too high. There was a little bit too much arc on it. And when it landed on this volunteer, it shocked her and sort of knocked her over. Now, in that moment, I had a choice to make. I looked around and I 
I saw clearly that she didn't see where the balloon came from, but I knew what I did. And so I went up to her as a brand new pastor, my first introduction to this member of Prince of Peace. And I said, I am so sorry. I did not mean to hit you with that water balloon. Now, what I remember most, what I remember most was her graciousness, her willingness to say, it's okay, accidents happen, to kind of laugh about it a little bit with me, and also over the next year to kind of, you know, tease me about it. And a year later, when we had a block party and a dunk tank, she got me back, she dunked me. But I'll always remember that beginning. Jonathan played a joke on me. He wrote up an incident report uh, my first week on the job and made me feel like I was in trouble a little bit. Beginnings matter. That beginning week here of ministry, it started with such joy and laughter. And most of all, I remember the grace, the grace from this volunteer. And instantly I knew that I would have a home in this community, a community of God's grace. As Jesus begins his ministry, we get four different accounts through the Gospels of his first act. They're different in each Gospel, just slightly. As we think about the Gospel writers and the audiences they were writing to, we get different shades of his ministry. In Matthew's Gospel, the first real act of Christ's ministry was the ministry of teaching. It was teaching and preaching and and sharing. And we know to a primarily Jewish audience, Matthew's gospel was written for. The ministry of teaching and the handing down of a new new law or a teaching from a prophet would, would really resonate with the intended audience. John's gospel, though, one of the first acts of Jesus is a miracle of abundance, a sign for the world that that this Christ will do miraculous things. Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel is this prophetic vision from Jesus where he reads from Isaiah and and he's giving this vision, this grand casting of of this this cosmic reality where where the, the blind receive their sight and the prisoners are set free. So we have a teacher, we have a miracle worker and a healer, and, and we have this visionary image in Luke. In Mark's gospel, one of the first acts of his ministry is a confrontation. Jesus goes into the synagogue and he begins to read, and we're told he reads with authority, but then there's this confrontation between a man whom we're told is possessed or has an unclean spirit who recognizes Jesus. And between the two, there's this dialogue, this back and forth. And and this man is confronting Jesus. Who are you and what do you have to do with us? What do you intend for us? And Jesus says, come out of him. And the spirit does and the people are amazed and his fame begins to spread. What does it mean in Mark's gospel? What does it tell us? about the orientation of Christ and his ministry, that the first act was an act of confrontation. Now, I don't think it means that we need to be uh, Christian people who go into the world looking to confront others with some sort of self-righteousness. But what we really see happening here is that this man, this man was held captive. This man was held captive by 
a spirit, a force, and it's robbing him of life. It's robbing him of the fullness of what God would intend. And so we see here this confrontation that Jesus has isn't to drive out the person because the person is bad. It's to drive out anything that would demean or diminish the fullness of human potential that God desires for all of humanity. And all throughout Mark's gospel, story after story after story, this is what Jesus does. He drives out, he confronts anything that would rob humanity of the opportunity to flourish. Because God's vision for the world is a humanity that not only lives in harmony, but lives in abundance. Not abundance of material possession and wealth, but the abundance of God's love, of God's life for all people. We can't ever forget that Jesus confronted the forces of this world that seek to hold us captive. Jesus confronted all of them. The forces of might and power and, 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 and a show of force. Jesus confronted the Roman Empire, not with a sword himself, but with words of love and humility. Jesus confronted social norms that would have some people excluded and others included. Jesus would confront that. He confronted that by including people of all walks of life in his ministry. He confronted that by talking to the Samaritan woman whom he shouldn't have any, <laughs> any relation with. He confronted all of these standards that were robbing people of the fullness of the human experience. Jesus confronted it. So the question for us becomes this. What needs confronted in our life? In your life? In my life? What are those things that are holding us captive? What are they? Our desire for material goods and the rat race of life, the suburban sickness that many of us live in that that keeps us ill by thinking that we need to buy the new car when our neighbor does, that we need a bigger TV, that we need more to be happy. What are those forces that keep us captive? Fear of living generously, fear of talking to a stranger. What, what is holding us from the fullness of human potential? Because here's the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't just bring salvation for eternity and heaven, it's holistic salvation. It's a salvation from our apathy, it's a salvation from our incessant appetite, it's a salvation from anything that would keep us from eternal, abundant, full life. Eternity and salvation is not just about heaven, it's about earth. It's about now. It's about living into the fullness of God's kingdom. Salvation, yes, is about the forgiveness of sin, of course, but it's also about driving out of us all of those things that would hold us captive to sin so that we can experience real life. So what is Jesus confronting in you? What are you confronted with in your own inner wrestling? You see, 
We often hold on to things because we think they're what we need. But it's only in letting go that we can receive abundantly. Over and again throughout the Gospels, another theme that's so present is Jesus inviting people to let go. To let go. Let go of the plans you've created for yourself, for I have far greater plans for you. Let go of your need to hold on to your safety net. Get out of the boat and walk on the water. I believe in you. I won't let go. Get out of your own mind and your short-sighted thinking that the temple is all there is. I'm creating a brand new temple where all will worship me in truth and in spirit. Let go of, of the idea that what you see in this world is all that there really is. My kingdom is not of this world. And in that kingdom, there is a room for you and for everyone. You see, God is always expanding, not contracting. God is always inviting, not discouraging. But one of the ways Jesus does it over and over and over again is by confronting that which is robbing. So come out. Be set free. Christ sees everything. God sees everything that is holding us back, or rather that we are holding on to. It's only in letting go that we can truly receive what God knows we need. My prayer for you this week is that you would open your arms you would open your hands. You would physically posture yourself in a position to receive what God wants to give you. You know what you're holding on to, just like I do. Together, we can lay that down at the foot of the cross, and we can say once again, Lord, help me follow. Help me to trust. Most of all, help me to receive and to believe in your good news, which is life for all of creation. As you let go of the earthly things that you cling to, may you cling to the crucified and risen Lord. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.